Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steven Talk Soccer Podcast. I am back again like I never left. It's that familiar voice that you've all grown to love. It's Steven the Don. Welcome back to the Steven Talk Soccer Podcast. This is the home of the most controversial takes and the home of elite football knowledge. This episode, I won't be showing you any controversial takes. And I also will be talking about football knowledge, but more so about a very, very, very up-and-coming and, uh, and, and uh, exciting up-and-coming player. A place for Montreal United Football Club, actually uh, a club I did, I did an episode with only fairly recently. If you guys want to go check it out, make sure you do so before you listen to this or even after you listen to this episode. But also make sure to download and subscribe to, Stephen Talk, to, to the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. That would be massively appreciated. I am joined by none other than Joey Guzzo, who is a very well-renowned player that plays for the Montreal United Football Club. A, a mainstay, he's a captain of his team. He's a, a very, very... Uh, Promising youngster is what we would say, you know, at 21 years young. Joey, say what's up to the people, my friend. What's up, uh, Stefan's uh, podcast uh, people, as you, as, you, as you said it. Uh, thank you for uh, having me in, the, in your podcast and uh, very excited uh, to be here today. You're very welcome. Just for some background, yeah, Joey had, uh, had DM'd me. He was like, yo, Stephen, you know, like I'm really interested in... Uh, in what you do, and I heard the episode with you and, and his club president, which is Ben Waba, my boy Ben, and he was saying how um, he'd really want to come on and to give you know to speak his piece about where you know where he's trying to go and lead this club to, and where he's trying to go in his own personal career. And of course, as future modern day or so to say modern day technology works, one little message may became an episode that I have with him here. And uh, I guess before any further, without any further introduction, Joey, let me ask you what got you into playing soccer to begin with. Uh, to be honest, I was a very young kid at five years old, at the age of five years old. And uh, my family is, uh, they're a sports family. And uh, we got, uh, I was watching soccer since I was five years old. And uh, my dad asked me if I wanted to play soccer. So that's uh, that's when I started playing soccer. And from five years old to like the age of 21 now, uh, I've been playing soccer my whole life. And, uh, well, competitive soccer my whole life. And uh, that's where I'm at now today, playing for Montreal United. And uh, to kind of add to that, what team did you play for before? Or who did you play for before you played for Montreal United? Like, before, I was always... Uh, sorry to cut you off. No, it's not uh, gone. I was always playing for uh, RDP. It's, uh, it's a small... Uh, well, it's, a, it's an area in Montreal. That's where I grew up from, also in RDP. So um, I, I used to play for a club CSRDP, and uh, f- since the age of five mm-hmm. uh, to uh, the age of uh, seventeen, and, uh, and then I went to uh, playing for uh, Montreal North uh, right near RDP um, until the age of um, uh, twenty, and then at the age of twenty-one, I, I decided to join uh, Montreal United uh, FC. Wow. And would you say that, I mean, let me ask you this before I get to my next question. RDP, could you have continued playing for them? Or was there like a, a certain age that you reached that you can't play for that club anymore? Well, I, at a certain at a certain point, because, um, <clears throat> sorry, there's a, there's a place where there's senior, there's a seniors team. Mm. So I just decided that I didn't want to play for the, the seniors team uh, in that club. So I just wanted, I wanted to go, I wanted to move further up and uh, wanted to join a new club that, that has uh, a semi-pro uh, soccer team. And uh, I'm 
here with Montreal United FC and uh, I decided to join uh, them. Definitely, definitely. I mean, so far it seems to be, it seems to be you know, a, a good decision. Obviously, actually, well, again, let me give some more context. I think context is very necessary. What team yeah. do you play for right now? You're playing for the highest division in the highest division of the Montreal men's team. Is that correct? Yes, that yeah. is correct. I Division One uh, men's uh, soccer team. In the in the league, is called the QSL, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in the winter league, it's called the QSL. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're uh, part of the QSL. We're like six games in, so uh, we're just playing uh, for this winter. It's just like a, a preseason, like warm up, just to get ready for like the big summer uh, season. Yeah. That's the main important uh, part of uh, f- of the year for every single team in the in the league. Yeah. So, uh, so right now it's just like for us, it's like a, it's it's a league at the same time, but for us, it's like a, more of like a preseason type of thing, just to get uh, just to keep our legs moving and uh, and um, you know just to get ready and uh, for uh, the the summer season. So you said six games in. Can you can you give me some background as to where you guys are in the table and and what's kind of been going on so far this season? Right now we're currently last. Okay. We're currently last in the in the table, and uh, but uh, we just you know it's just six games in. Uh, it's the fresh start of the year. You know we have some new players, including me, coming in the team. It's my first year in the in the team. Mm. So you know we just gotta get the. No, we just gotta get more stra- strategies in and uh, to fix the team up. And uh, seven, seven v seven, you know, it's a fast paced game. Mm-hmm. Half, half of our team, we're not, you know, we're not used to like seven v seven. We're more like eleven v eleven type of guys, type of players. Of course, you know, it's uh, seven v seven is more like if you know futsal. It's a, uh, it's a small, uh, it's a small fast paced game, and plus it's a small field, so. We're, it's more it's more like that you know we're not like used to it so but you know what things are gonna come things are gonna change and uh we're gonna we're gonna step up our game and uh, be first in the head of the table no definitely and I, I don't really think that um not that I don't think but I agree with you I feel like when you play a 7v7 fixture it's much different like the way that the game has to be played has to be changed not entirely, because yes, you're still using the same players, but like you said, it's much more fast paced. You have less margin for error on a seven v seven field. You have to be way more stamina based than you are in an eleven v eleven game. You have to be consistently fit. You have to know, you know, there's almost no positions in seven v seven because everyone plays everywhere at some point. Someone might be playing in the back of defense and be playing a striker at some point, and vice versa. And you probably experienced this yourself, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that takes time to get used to. You know, you don't just you don't just become a seven v seven player and an eleven v eleven player right away. You kind of have to bed yourself into that, so. Yeah, for sure. So, like, plus I was even, like, used to playing 7v7 because during my past careers, uh, we were always joined in a winter league. And winters, there's not a lot of, like, 11v11 games. Yeah. So, a league that has 7v7, but, like, synthetic feel, like, turf field. So, uh, like, I was always part of, like, that 7v7. So, like, I I'm type of like I'm kind of used to it, but like at the same time, like I'm more of a player of like eleven v eleven. So like, you know, it's uh, I, I like moving the ball. You know, I, I like bringing the ball up, having more time with the ball, having more space. You know, create more like more chances and everything. So I'm a type of eleven v eleven player. Definitely, I personally think that the um, that most players would prefer that, unless you're playing in like you know you're playing in like a. Uh, 
a Brazilian context or you're playing in like, I don't know, like a, you know, South American type of game or like the game is much more about being strictly technical and less about your ability to kind of play the passes through the lines and really open up the game. It's more about can you beat a man 1v1 every time you get possession. And with 11v11, you have more room, like you said, to find, as you said, you're that kind of player, to find those kind of passes on a consistent basis because the game is much more open to you. 7v7, you have to be extremely, extremely accurate. If you don't make the right decision, again, you probably know this. When you don't make the right decision, boom, you're punished. And that one punishment is a a shot from 30 yards, which in this 7v7 field is almost the whole length of the field, and it's a goal all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you said, you know, you get to play in every position, basically, in 7v7, like... I'm more of like a striker, and uh, I played defense. I played the midfield, so I, I basically played everywhere. And uh, it's um, like I said before, and I'm gonna say it again: it's a very fast-paced game. And once you lose that ball, it's it's gonna be that huge counter attack. Like you know, that uh, it's a big mistake from uh, from your team, and uh, for them, it's like a more of a, like a scoring chance. Like a 90% win chance. Of course. As you said, you're right next to the goal, you know, and and there's not much the keeper can do. Um, So, yeah, you said, I mean, this has been made clear to me, but you are the the captain of your team. You said you only just got to, you know, to uh, Montreal Football Club, Montreal United Football Club recently. What made them decide to make you captain? What about you in particular had kind of made them say, yeah, we want this guy to be the the leader of the the squad? Well, as, as I said, I'm part of the captains. I'm um, part of the uh, the the, um, the assistant captain of the team. Mm-hmm. So we're like three captains. Me, uh, if you don't mind, if I if I could say the player's name, of course, uh, it's, it's your choice. You don't want to say them. You don't say them. You want to go ahead. Uh, it's me uh, and um, is this guy named uh, Bucci Buchiba mm-hmm. and. And um, it's, oh fuck! I I I had a blank. Sorry about that. It's uh, fine. It's fine. I, I, I cut that out. Don't worry. You, you can keep talking. Yeah. It's not a problem. Sorry, sorry about that, Sid. Yeah. So it's me, Sid, and uh, Buchiba, mm-hmm. the three of the team. So each of us has a, has a big role in in this team right now uh, to get to get our team uh, further up, um, further further up. So um, the uh, the light. They decided to choose me as part of the captains. They they like the way I uh, I talk to the team. Like they uh, they like the way I um, I like uh, how can you say structure 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 the team basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they like the way I, I add and like and that's how they they decided to choose me as one of the captains uh, in the team. Definitely, I don't know if that, uh, but. Uh, no, definitely. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's a question that I asked you just to kind of get your answer because that's part of my job is being a host and yeah. asking you this stuff. But I'm not naive or, or oblivious. I was, again, not, not trying to toot my own horn, but I also have been chosen captain on, on occasions in the past as well. So I know exactly what that what that looks like when a club you know, or a team says, we want this guy or one of the, this guy to be one of the main captains of the squad and to be a leader, to be the person that people look up to and can see is like the, the main talisman of the squad, you know, which I can assume is probably what you are. So that's why they made you captain. And what would you say it means to you? Like, it must have meant a lot to you to kind of step into the squad and almost instantly be given that role of responsibility. That must have, yeah. How did it, what did it mean to you to be uh, the, the captain of the team or one of the captains of the team? Right? To, to be honest, I was very, like, shocked, to be honest, because, you know, I just joined this team and uh, for me to be part of, like, 
to one of them, the captains in this team, it's it's truly an honor. You know, it's uh, you know as soon as I joined this team, I felt a warm welcome from everybody in this club. You know, they they all they all like me, and I li- I like them, and uh, we became a family instantly as soon as the first practice. We were laughing. We were like you know playing around. We were having a serious practice, and I was talking to all all of my uh, teammates, and you know it's. Uh, it's truly, it's truly an honor to be uh, part of the 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 main uh, one of the captains in the team. You know, it's uh, we're we're all a family, and I, I love every one of uh, single players in this team. And uh, to for me to be part of captain as a fir- as a first year, it's uh, it's amazing. Definitely, that's a really really profound answer. I like that. So, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier, and I will get, we'll get to this now more specifically. You said you play as as a as a striker as your main position as a number nine. Yeah, I'm a part of a I'm a striker midfield. Yeah, I'm more um I'm, I play more striker, mm-hmm. but uh, they they made me play midfield because, like I said, seven v seven they make you play all around. Of course, but um. Yeah, I'm more of like a striker. I like to like, you know, move around the like, not well, move around the ball is more like midfield, but yeah. like also moving around the ball and mm-hmm. like more like a type of like a shooting player uh, type of player. Definitely. So, what? Which player? Which? Let me ask you two questions. They're going to be double barrel, but you'll you'll get it. But which player? Which striker did you look up to, or do you still look up to as a, as, as a player now? And who did you look up to as a kid? To be honest, uh, I looked up to many uh, soccer players in my life, mm. um, but um, the main one is um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And that's perfect. You know why? Because you know exactly what their interview he did yesterday. So this is brilliant. Thank you, Joey. Go on. Why do you like Ronaldo so much? Yeah. Well, what about Ronaldo makes you such a big fan of his? You know, every time... I I watch this player. You know, he he makes me like, like uh, I don't know. He's like, he makes me feel more positive, more confident uh, for playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, he makes me um, he makes me want to go outside and play soccer. You know, play the game. You know, every time I watch this this guy, you know, sh- shooting, scoring goals. I'm a type of player like that. I like scoring goals. I like shooting mm-hmm. and. That's who I look up to. You know, he's a he's a type of leadership player. He likes to, you know, he likes to. So, so, sometimes, you know, he may have ups and downs, you know, through teams. But still, he's for me, he's a type of leadership guy, and uh, he likes to score goals. Like I like to score goals, and uh, that's why I look. I, that's why I look up to him. You know, he's uh, he's a very talented player. Definitely. And I think he's the definition of what hard work can get you when you put your head down and you stay dedicated. For sure. You know? And it's funny because obviously people listening, if you don't know this, Ronaldo had just recently done an interview with Piers Morgan, who's a famous, uh, you know, English, English, we'll call it entertainer, politicians of sorts. And I know you probably know this, Joey, because you keep up with the sport. But again, people listening may not know this. But Ronaldo had basically slanted and slandered his current club, former you know baby of his, now a team, and he wants to leave surely within the next couple of weeks after this World Cup. He said to the uh, to Piers Morgan that you know the progress at Manchester United is zero. He was interested in going to Manchester City in this, this past summer, or this the summer, two summers ago. He was saying how the facilities at United have remained the same, how Ralph Rangnick is in a manager. 
Joey, what do you think about all of this stuff? You uh, <laughs> are you completely annoyed with Ronaldo? Are you are you a Manchester United fan? Is this your team that you support because Ronaldo plays there, and you're not, you're mad about what he said, or how do you feel? To be honest, I'm uh, I'm a, a, a big Juve fan. Mm. Even, so like, people, but seeing Ronaldo, you know, Ronaldo is a is a big super player, you know, and and I love him. Like I said before, it's uh, it's that it sucks that you know he doesn't get to play a lot. Uh, you know, he wasn't that he's not a big star of a player that he was back when he used to play in United during his prime. Mm. During his prime, he used to like, he used to be like, uh, used to be amazing, you know. It's you know, it's him, uh, being a United fan during his prime. It's uh, that's the Cristiano Ronaldo that you know, that everybody was watching, you know, mm. and um, but uh, he still, he still is, uh, the best player in, in, in this football game. He's still the best player for me. Uh, but, um, you know, during, you know, I was watching the United game yesterday and uh, s- seeing him not in the bench nor in the starting lineup, it kind of, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of sucks for him, to be honest, because uh, he should be at least part of, like, the That's starting cool. 11. Mm. You know, in my opinion, so mm. no, I agree. That, that, yeah. But, um, but him, if he, if he has the opportunity to join another club like City, um, I would say go 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 for it for him. To be honest, definitely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, on that Ronaldo note, when we come back, we'll be talking more about Joey Guzzo's career, what he looks to achieve going forward, both with this team now and also just in general, and also what made him love playing for Montreal and United, and much more on this feature episode of with Joey Guzzo on the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast when we return. Now, Joey, let's get into the more really specific, specific questions. Let me ask you, it won't be an uncomfortable one. Again, one I'm certain you'll have the answer to. But what are the things about Montreal United since you first got there that really made you like playing where you are? Because you seem very enthusiastic and it's only been a year and already you feel like, you know, you've probably been there for decades. So what about yeah. in particular really sticks out to you that makes you like playing where you are? Well, I just like, uh, I like uh, playing with the, the people that around me. Um during um, during like when I play seventy seven, like during the practices, I like the coaching staff. Uh, I like the president. Uh, but uh, what made me really like get into this soccer team is that they had a semi pro soccer team, and that I wanted to get that. That's why I wanted to continue making my career go further because I want to like obviously become professional. Everybody wants to become a professional, of course, and. Um, but, uh, my main goal is to like go further and already going into a semi-pro soccer team is like the number one, uh, the number one objective. And, uh, that's where I am right now. A hundred percent. And I mean, for this season, again, I- I'll say various things and then ask this question. The first of which is, I would never truly judge a team's quality based on a 7v7 setting. That's number one. Number two, and you probably you agree with that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. You mm-hmm. know, it's, uh... I don't think that you should do that. Secondly, I feel like 
new teams, new players always need time to properly gel. I don't know why football fans have become so reactionary now, Joey, where all of a sudden, you know, success doesn't come in six or seven months or even three or four months. And people say, oh, this team is bad. You know, they suck. They can't play football. They don't have any philosophy. There's no tactics. There's no structure. I think that's naive. Football isn't as simple as, oh, you know, we're going to get a coach who somewhat knows what he's doing and bring out all these players. And all of a sudden, we're going to be playing like Pep Guardiola Barcelona or, you know, Jose Mourinho's Real Madrid all of a sudden. That's not how football works. Would you agree? not like that how it works because you know joy when um when having a new team having uh new players it it really takes time to develop those players those the team it, it takes time to develop the team and how the players how they're structured to play you know it, you you don't you're not used to playing the same system as as the coach as the coach has you know it's uh, it really takes time to develop those uh those type of systems in, in the game. And uh, it's not only soccer that uh, it's, it's like this, you know, in every sport, like hockey, uh, f- football, any, any type of sport that, that involves a team play. And uh, it's, uh, it, it really takes time for a new team to develop, uh, to be really good and uh, to have a good structure. Agreed. And the second thing I want to add, to add, and I'll get your opinion on this in a second, Joey, is the second thing I want to mention too, is that, in football, it's not a sport where um, it's not a sport that where success is the only measure, or, or sorry, winning is the only measurement of success. I think that's wrong because I feel like teams that let me give you a good example and let's see if you can follow the story. You probably will. You seem like a guy who knows soccer or football very well. But you look at look at a team like Brentford, yeah. Brentford have never been in the Premier League for years. I think it was like 70-something years since they last were in the Premier League up until a year or two ago. Brentford, relative to the, their club size, you know, the, the lack of finance that they have, et cetera, et cetera, success for them was staying in the championship at one point. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like in football, people forget that ambitions change based on the club that you're playing for. Like, if you're playing for a Real Madrid and Barcelona, again, another example, Barca being in the Europa League, that's way beneath the quality that the team should be at. You know what I mean? Like, like nobody's expecting a team of Barca's level to be in a lower competition of Europe. Nobody. For sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it surprised us all, to be honest. You know, uh, having Barcelona, Barcelona is like a top squad in, uh, like, with uh, Real Madrid, uh, one of the top, uh, the top uh, Spanish clubs, you know, in the world. Exactly. And Barcelona, and beneath... The Champions League going to the Europa League. Yep. It's oh, it's uh, it shocked the the whole world and everybody's talking about it right now. That uh, about this. So, and to kind of segue really nicely to my next question, your ambitions for your teammates and for yourself, Joy, when you're playing, clearly have to be based on what's currently happening. You can't tell yourself, "Oh, we have to win the league now." And like you said, everything's completely brand new. Not only is the club relatively new, being established within the last you know year and a bit. Also, you being new yep. to the team and, you know, new players coming in. For you to expect instant success would be, you don't, you probably don't tell your team this because that, that would probably be ridiculous to say we have to win every game. Of course, you want yeah. to win, but you're not naive to think, okay, there has to be a W today with all these things that I just mentioned, you know? Look, Stefan, um, you know, it's um, not only in our team, but look, I'm going to say this, you know, we're going to have ups and downs during the season. Uh, you have to take it uh, game by game. You know, you can't just go out there and say, oh, you know, we have to win. Uh, if we don't win, uh, uh, this, this, this is going to happen. You just got to take it game by game, uh, minute by minute, and uh, see how it goes. You know, if, if even if we lose, 
we may have ups and downs, but even if we lose, you know, we learn from our mistakes. We we go at, we go at practice. We learn from what uh, the mistakes that we did during the game, and then perform ten times better in in the next game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, can't uh, we can't just go in the game and say, uh, "Oh, we have to fucking win this game." And uh, sorry for my language, but uh, <laughs> no, I understand. You know, we have to win this game. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I know it's I know it may be an an important game, but at the end of the day, we're a family. We play as a group. Uh, and even if we lose, we're still a family, you know, mm-hmm. we're still a people and, uh, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna perform 10 times better than, than the last game. So what counts is, um, is respect and family. And, uh, even if we lose, it's, uh, respect, uh, 10 times all the way. Agreed. Well said. And. Obviously, from what I spoke about when I was talking with Ben, he was saying to me that you know his aim for Montreal United is to bring uh, a European experience to the North American side of football. What would you say it's like, you know, playing playing for a club? Or you, like you said, obviously semi professional, but you can. There's a difference between playing for a semi professional club that's kind of just you know the typical North American style versus probably what you guys are experiencing, which is much more attention to detail of the players. Like, how does it feel to be playing? in a club where you get this more European system or more European uh, um, style than what you're used to? You know, we're not, um, we're not like really used to like, um, you know, playing, but like joining this club that has the same mentality as a, you know, a European uh, football club, you know, playing in like, we have our own practice facilities. Uh, we have a, we have a big uh, league that we play in. Uh, 7v7, it's a, uh, it's truly, truly, it is truly an honor to uh, to be playing like in the European uh, football. You know, it's uh, get, get, getting dressed up before the game, uh, getting suited up, and uh, going into the stadium. Uh, it's truly is an amazing uh, having our own practice facilities. It's amazing. For sure, for sure, I can imagine, man. I can. I, I plan on. I plan on visiting to come and see this myself. So yeah, I can. I can only imagine what you're saying it just by your explanation. What were you gonna say? It, ma- it makes you feel like a professional uh, soccer player. Of course, of course, and that's what Ben was trying to explain. And I, and when I heard that, I said that that means the players can only be benefiting from it. You're mentally, you must think to yourself like, not only are we, are we, not the word, not the word, the word's not pretending, but not only are we basing our our project on a team that is meant to be European style. But all of these small little details are adding up to be that way. So when you play, you play like a player who has that, that same mentality as someone who's playing in Norway, playing in, in Germany, France, Hungary, wherever it is in Europe, where you know football sure. is really taken seriously. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's uh, our main traditions for our Division One team is, you know, before the game, you get suited up, you get dressed up, uh, going in, uh, you know, everybody, the whole team, uh, including the coach, they get dressed up and uh, going into the stadium, you know, it's... Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling, you know, you know, getting dressed up, like putting your suit on, uh, going to the stadium. It's, it's amazing. It makes you feel like, a, like I said, a professional uh, player. For sure. For sure. And I was going to ask something as well onto that. Do you feel like the, like your teammates kind of understand the value of where they are? Because sometimes players play where they are and they think, oh, you know, I'm only here. I'm here for this reason or I'm here for that reason. There seems to be like a unity, like almost a universal understanding of what the objective is, which I think is the best sign for any team. Do you see that yourself as a player playing for the team? Uh, yeah, to be honest, um, you know, my goal is to become a professional soccer player. And that's everybody's goal in the Montreal United Division One team mm-hmm. is 
I'm a professional soccer player. So we all have the, the same mentality, the same goal uh, everybody has, including myself and uh, including the co- or my, my coach. You know, he wants to bring this team to uh, to a higher level and uh, he wants everybody to succeed uh, into this team, sure. into their players. And really quickly, a question I should have asked you earlier, but are the teams that you're playing against right now in the winter league, are these are these some of the same teams you'll play against in the summer as well? Yeah, actually, uh, I've been, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a couple of um, two, three, well, two, three teams because mm-hmm. we're like eight in the, in the table. Yeah. So only two, three teams uh, that uh, we're going to be facing in uh, for next summer in the semi-pro uh, league. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. And yeah, you're saying about how players are interested. In, would you be interested in playing for someone like Montreal or Club de Foot Montreal at, at some point, or is that something you see your, you have your eyes on at all, or just any team in general at, at a at a CPL level, at an MLS level, at a European level? What, what to are you be on, thinking? Uh, e- either either one. To be honest, even if I uh, that that's my main goal. To be honest, uh, as a kid growing up in Montreal, uh, going to it, used to be called the impact of Montreal before. Mm-hmm. Now going to Club de Foot de Montreal, I've all, I've been always wanted to play for um, an MLS team, including Club de Foot de Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wanted to play for a team growing up in in the same city as you were born, right? You know, imagine you're playing for a, a team a si- in, in the city that uh, you were born, everybody coming to watch you, your family, your friends, you know, in that city. Uh, but uh, that's that's my dream, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, European football—that's my other dream. Going to play for, like, uh, even if it's second or third division, uh, that's that's my goal. That's uh, that's my dream to play uh, soccer. Definitely. And random question, but what jersey number are you? Like, what what number do you wear? Don't say uh, number nine. My jer- my no, my jersey number—it's uh, seventeen. Ah, okay, okay. Well, why is it seventeen? Seventeen. It's uh, as soon as I started playing. Well, at the age of ten, mm. my uh, I wanted to change number, and uh, since ten years old, I've always I've always been wearing number seventeen in my life. So that's like my lucky uh, my lucky number. I was gonna say. So, do you think that there's some there's some element of luck, like when you wear a jersey, where you say to yourself, like, yeah, like this jersey gives me a sense of like belonging. Like, I feel like this is what represents Joey. Like, this is me when I wear 17. You know, this is this going to be a good day today. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. This, you know, number 17. It's it's gonna stick to uh, it's gonna stick for the rest of my life, and uh, it's gonna stay with me uh, until uh, until I die. Man, it's uh, 17. It's uh, it's always my lucky number, and uh, I'm always gonna wear it. Everywhere I go. For sure, for sure. I, I would say the same thing. I mean, for me, I'm a big fan of the, the jersey number 20. And I used to wear 20 when I was a kid. I still wear it to this day when I I, I still play from time to time. And it's the same thing yeah. for me. I, I, the same mentality you have, like, yo, like, this number is going to stick with me. Like, no matter, whenever you give me an option, I'm going to pick the same number every time. But I just, it's what I've become used to. You know, it's part of, like, yeah. your legacy that you're setting. And you're probably going to set one yourself in your career. So people will know, like, oh, you see number 17 on the field. You can probably guess who that's going to be. You know what I mean? And you want that sense of recognition. Go on. You know, it's uh, seventeen. Also, uh, you know, it's it's always uh, it's, it's a remembrance of my mom. Uh, she passed away uh, last year of uh, cancer. Wow. So, you know, it's uh, she's gonna be. Uh, she's my like my other lucky number seventeen. 
that's gonna stick with me. So I always think of her whenever whenever I wear that jersey. Rest, in, rest in peace. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. I uh, on a bit more of a positive note. I don't mean to make it too too you know too too, no, too no. somber. <laughs> Not at all. And I, that's very, very sweet of you to say. Trust me. I, that's very, very deep. And I'm someone who will trust me again. Not through my own experiences. Again, my mom is still alive. But through my own experiences, I can completely relate to that. So, like I said, that's very, very even more powerful. You should keep wearing it every time you play as you do. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to know as well is, do you would you consider, like, let's say you go play for a different team. And this often happens where coaches will say, like, because I, I coach too, yeah, even to this day. Or not to this day, but recently I started coaching. And I coach some some young kids, you know, 11, 12-year-old boys. Shout out Ottawa TFC. If you're listening, this is for you guys. But um, do you see sometimes, or do you would you be okay if, you, if a coach were to tell you, today I don't need you to play striker, but I need you to play left wing. I need you to play right wing. Would you be okay making that adjustment and saying, you know what, I don't have to play number nine today or a part of a you know partnership. I'll play somewhere else just so I can get into starting 11. Or do you say to yourself, no, I have to play striker. If I don't play striker, I'm not going on the field today. Look, I'll play anywhere the coach asks me to play. You know, it's uh, I want to be, I want to be that type of player that, you know, that, uh, look, I, I could play, you know, I could play midfield striker, but I want to be that type of player that, you know, that's going to get you the, um, that if the coach tells you to do something, you know, I'll do it in any type of the day. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's, that's my, that's my role of leadership in the team. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, uh, if, if the coach asks me to play midfield, I'll go play midfield just to be in that starting 11. Like you said, then, uh, I'll, uh, I'll play, I'll, I'll play. For sure. For sure. I, I have a couple more things to ask you. As we continue this player feature on Montreal United's Joey Guzzo after the break. So yes, as we were discussing, I think one thing I want to touch upon too, Joey, was the uh, the importance of leadership. I know you'd mentioned it earlier in the episode about how you know you become one of the main captains of the team. I think in football, this is a hidden and almost forgotten element. Like yes, your team can play well tactically and be good at moving the ball and be able to break down teams with possession. That's wonderful. But leadership in terms of not only the leadership with your, your on-ball ability, like can you lead by example playing with the ball, but can you also lead by example in terms of, like you said, mentality and giving a sense of belief and confidence in your teammates? And I know you, that's something you probably care a lot about. You know, Obviously, you score goals, so that definitely gives your team confidence when they say they're number nine scoring. But not only that, but the fact that you know that you're going to be able to lead them by you being a person who's vocal, who gives instruction, who gives encouragement, who gives support to people he's playing with. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, it's a very important uh, type of thing when you have like uh, a vocal leadership, like you said, like uh, to encourage your your teammates, to encourage uh, your your teams. You know, uh, because that's that's the main part of the goal. You know, you you don't you don't do you don't have a leadership only by scoring goals. You know, you need you need a type of leadership that's like I said, that's going to encourage the team. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna motivate them. That's gonna want it, That's gonna want them to do ten times better and um, than the first half or than the, than the last game. You know, uh, but you don't you don't have to have that type of leadership only in the game. You have to you have to have that type of leadership vocally during practices to encourage them to motivate to to motivate them uh, and then bring them bring that motivation into the next game. Definitely, definitely. And again, and that's exactly what I'm saying is that um, 
is that it's a lost skill. Like, I'll give you some context for people listening, and Joy, you'll get this too. I'm a Chelsea fan, yeah? And I won't speak long for Chelsea, because I could literally do a whole episode on Chelsea if I wanted to. But as a Chelsea fan, as someone who's seen the John Terrys, who's seen the Frank Lampard, seen the Petr Cechs, you know, seen the, um, I don't know, the, the list goes on. You know, I can name many other players. But when I look at current Chelsea, for example, who are obviously going through a huge, 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 huge rebuild with, you know, Graham Potter, etc., when I look at someone like Jorginho and Aspilicueta, who are supposedly Chelsea's two captains, for me, these are not leaders. And not only are they not leading by vocalization and a sense of you know um, maturity and experience, but also with leading with, with the ball at your feet. Example, my favorite player of all time is Eden Hazard. I've said this many times. I've always think, I'll always think this. I love Hazard. Love him, love him, love him, love him to bits. With Hazard, he's not a very low vocal guy, but leads by the way he plays the game. When I watch yeah. Chelsea, no, go on, sir, go on. Uh, no, 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 I, I was saying, yeah, you know, it, uh, yeah. They, they don't have that vocal leadership, but just by the just by the way they play, that's their leadership. Uh, exactly, role. exactly. And just to finish really quickly, and then I'll, I'll get back to you, which is that when I watch Chelsea now, and many, not even just Chelsea, but many teams in general, fo- football teams in general, when you see a lack of a true commanding figure in the squad that says this guy is going to be the backbone of our success is going to make us be the, the you know the crooks of what makes us brilliant i don't see that with my club at the moment which is why we've been terrible for years but i'm just saying that you need that like you need to instill that true sense of understanding of what it means to play for the team what it means to play for the badge to be part of the system etc cetera, etc cetera. if you have that you're guaranteed to go places not only in your current team but also you as a player in your career I, i'm assuming again you probably on on board with that aren't you Oh yeah, for sure. You know, you, you need uh, you need you need that type of leadership in the, on, on the team. You know, you you can't uh, you can't just become you, just, you can't just become one of the captains and uh, you know don't see nothing on the team or don't do anything on the team because that's not what you know that's not how a leadership role uh, is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you need that type of like you know mentality that's that sort of like. You know that it encourages the team. Like I said before, uh, you know you need that type of motivation to to talk to your teammates, to uh, to tell to tell them uh, this that. You know I, I don't I don't say stuff for uh, to to the to like you know for uh, for a bad thing. You know like I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to like make them improve on on their abilities on the stuff that they have to work on. You know, and um, that's the type of leadership role that everybody has to to give on their teammates. You know. Agreed. And I guess the last two questions I have before we wrap up this episode kindly and sweetly is firstly, do you think, do you think the the values that you learn when you play soccer or football can be applied to the values that you have in your life? Or do you you see similarities in things you learn in the game that are applicable to the way you live your life? Uh, Yeah, because, you know, it's, uh, to be honest, um, respect is the biggest value in my life you know uh i've always earned respect in my life and i'm always and i'm always going to give out respect to other people in my life you know and um getting the respect from you know at a young age you know from my family uh my coaches my my teammates um they all they all gave me respect and that's what i'm going to bring out in my value in my life to in my future career in my soccer career, to my uh, other teammates, to the Montreal United uh, community, that uh, the club that I play for now, and uh, respect is my number one value in my life. Again, excellent, excellent answer. 
And to wrap up the episode, final question of the episode, this Joey Guzzo feature, which I think has been nothing short of spectacular. If you weren't playing soccer and had to play another sport, which sport would it be? Uh, that I would go with uh, hockey. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, Canadians, we're, we're Canadians, you know, we watch hockey. I, I guess uh, you watch hockey also, even if you're a soccer fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, the games. I used to watch hockey all the time. Not anymore, but I used to, yeah, but go on. Yeah, but hockey is, uh, even when I grew up, uh, actually, uh, going, uh, if I could go back, uh, if I had to decide where, whether which sport I would play in, uh, I had a choice to play either hockey or soccer, but uh, I went on to play uh, soccer in my life. But if I didn't play soccer uh, right now, I would uh, I would have played uh, hockey. Hockey is like my second uh, choice of uh, sports uh, to play in. Are you sure about that? Because I'm looking at your screen now and I'm seeing a Toronto Raptors sign. So are you, are you not a basketball fan too? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a basketball fan also. Okay, I'm a, fair. I like but uh, I want to I play uh, basketball. I'm a short uh, I'm a short player. I'm a short guy. So. <laughs> Wait, how, ta- how tall are you? 5'2". <laughs> That's not true, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm 5'2". No, I'm no five two. I know you're lying. I know you're lying. When I meet you, I, I won't meet each other, but I know you're lying. I know you're lying to me. It's okay. You can... You not- can- I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm being, what are you, Giovinco? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. They call me Insigne. Do they? They call you Insigne? No, uh, I don't want to be too bad. My <laughs> teammates call me Insigne. Just by uh, my my hairstyle and everything. So mm-hmm. they call me Insigne. I like that. You said, yeah. bro, there's no way you're five. No, no, no. There's no way you're five two. Yeah, I'm five two, man. Okay. All right. Whatever. We'll, 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 I'll put up a pic. Send me at the for this uh, the the um the picture of this episode. Send me a photo so we get you know we can see what you look like. Obviously, and you playing, and we'll Perfect. see if you look like you're five two or not. But I mean, if you are, it's not a problem. You know, short players can be just as good, especially in world football. We've seen it many times. But I don't believe you. You don't. You don't talk like somebody who's five two. I would never know that. I thought you maybe were six two. You were six three. You know, uh, you're a giant. I'm short. I'm a short guy. So <laughs> no, I hear no, you. not. A- you know, not everybody wants to be a short guy. You know, obviously we all want to be like tall, mm-hmm. big. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm that type of uh, guy. No, it's good, man. It's good. For, for soccer, it's perfect. You have low center of gravity. You probably, you're probably very difficult to get the ball off of because you're probably very strong on the ball, which is a common factor of all short players I've played yeah. against. So let me give you some more compliments. Why don't I before I finish? But thank you. Thank you guys very, very, very much for listening. Joey, thank you a ton uh, for th- coming on, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, uh, you know, to everyone that's uh, that's listening uh, right now to, to your podcast. Uh, thank you, Stefan, uh, for welcoming uh, me into your podcast, uh, for bringing me out and, uh, you know, talk about, like, uh, my uh, my career and uh, talk about myself at the same time. And, um, and uh, good luck to you on your future podcast, on your future career. And uh, it's, everything's going to go good, man. You know, you're already doing good. I love your podcast and uh, continue the hard work. Thank you. I, I really, again, I, I, I might even cry to hearing those words. That's very, very nice of you to say. I wish you the same, man. Nothing but success. I have a very good, I have a very good track record and also like a good feeling that people come onto this podcast end up do, achieving and accomplishing big things. I think you're just another great example of that. So I expect, and I, and I wish you the same as you said to me. So thank you thank very you so much. Thank you. No problem. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the feature with Joey Guzzo himself, the Montreal United striker, correct? Uh, yeah. Striker. Striker midfield, you can see. Striker slash number 10 that plays for Montreal United. The captain or one of the main captains of the team. 
Very, very up and big and up and coming star. Keep an eye out for him. For now, I've been your boy, The Don. Make sure to download, to subscribe, and to follow the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. I'm going to be absolutely everywhere. As soon as you, 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 I'm going to become insufferable. A cockroach that doesn't die, like I said in, I think, one of my last episodes. You can't get rid of me. Regardless, thank you guys for listening. I'll be back again soon. Deuces. Hey, everyone. Are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. If you're looking for more Steven Talks Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve Talks Footy on Twitter, and at Steven Talks Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.